This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Bring Your Parents to Work Day. Isn't that a fucking thing, right? That'd be cool. Dad, make this latte. (laughs) I don't need a comment from you. (laughs) Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, those who identify as non-binary, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that's sandwiched between your movie trilogy. I'm Matt. I'm Zach. And today we're here to talk about the importance of the second movie mm-hmm. in a trilogy. So what we're going to be mentioning today is more about what we believe to be really good and solid second movies. And for me, I think about even like... Wh- when I was thinking about this topic, I, I it's because of the more recent Spider-Man um, Across mm-hmm. the Spider-Verse that yeah. came out. I love it too. This is one of those like things where it's like, I remember seeing a trailer about it and it's like part one underneath it. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like... I think they, like, removed that from, like, pretty much every promotional art. Because when I went to go see it in the theater, everybody was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's not just another part. And it's just like, yeah. But the the thing about that, and what I really like about second movies, mm-hmm. is when I was, I was thinking about that specific movie, is the turning point. Yeah. I feel like the really important part about the second movie in a franchise is the turning point. Mm-hmm. Turning points meaning good and bad about here it is is that you like you usually have the first one which establishes the characters, establishes like the overarching plot, here it's what we're doing, what we're venturing towards. But it's like the second movie usually kind of shakes things up. Either in ways too it's like it could be like a really big loss. Mm-hmm. If like cuz I mean the first one that I I think is really important to our conversation is uh, I mean, let's just start at the the best right. Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, Empire it's Strikes a- Back is like the quintessential Star Wars movie. Right. Like is it, it is insane because like it is the sequel and it it literally topped every other movie. Yeah. Well, I think about it, the the really cool part about that is because of like the big moments in that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like obviously you know like Darth Vader being Luke's father. Yes. You know the fact that it's like here it is, is that we're getting deeper into the war mm-hmm. like you have the battle on hoth which is you know like it's showing this this struggle it's showing the fight was hoth yep empire yep so where was the next one no okay um but yeah i mean it, it even too of course like what i think about the turning point is the ending which is yes. like here it is is that luke got his arm cut off mm-hmm. and it's like there's a glimmer of hope for the future but it's a loss yes it's like, like fuck there it is a cliffhanger and, yeah. and I think that that also adds to it, too, because of, like, everything with Han Solo being, like, trapped in uh, carbonite. Right. It's, like, that's a big moment in mm-hmm. Star Wars history. Yeah. Like, the fact of him being put into it and, like, Leia saying, I love you, and him saying, I know. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's etched in movie history. Right. And it... But it's a low point for our characters. Correct. It's that point in the movie, too, where it's like you kind of go into the third one being like, fuck, how are they going to get out of this? Yes. Like, what are they going to do? Which I, I find to be really important to what the second movie can do. Mm-hmm. It can lead up to that low point of like, oh, man, our characters are at a loss. But then it builds up to like the crescendo of like, now we have to be able to, now we're fighting towards something. Yeah, I, I think like you, you nailed it on the head, like when it comes to movie sequels in the franchises, where it's like, it's the number two, mm-hmm. where you've, you've already got like your cast, like you already know like who these characters are, like there's no more like, kind of like early moment stuff, like you're in it with them now. And yeah. you can, you understand like 
who they are and what their real goal is and yeah like it it becomes a an episode or a um a film in the franchise to really establish like what they want to do mm-hmm. and give them that loss to really triumph over in the third one. Right. And of course, like what we're talking about this too is like in the traditional trilogy sense, like you brought it back to the future before, which is like yeah, back to the future that's, two. That's where you got to be like, right. The we, second movie, you got to be careful with it. Cause you can right. either like kill or make a franchise. Yeah. Cause it, then it can kind of turn into like what we're specifically talking about today is more of like, continuous story mm-hmm. so you know like obviously like jaws 2 it's like no one gives a fuck like, like it doesn't jaws 2. do jaws anything revenge yeah yeah I but like i'm jaws saying 2. it doesn't really do anything no, in it's... terms of like continuing a bigger story no it's the same exact movie right it's just they were just like oh let's capitalize on how good jaws did right because Which... we're talking about like other things of like no like we plan this out and it's mm-hmm. going to be a larger like trilogy or a series yeah and it's like here's the second movie that builds up to Something bigger. Exactly. And that's where it's like, like, again, you got to be like kind of careful with it because Mm -hmm. you don't want those situations where it's like it really kills the mood of the film. Yeah. Or just even two, which ironically enough, like you think about the newer Star Wars trilogy, Mm -hmm. which is you have, I'm going to remember what this this, is. The Last Jedi? Yep. It's the last. Fuck. Yeah. It's tough. The last half of that movie is not horrible. It's not horrible, but it, it comes into that point, too, where it's, like, we're mentioning, where it's, like, when it's not a clear vision, mm-hmm. it's, like, here's the low point, but then what are we fighting towards then? Yeah. Like, what comes from a movie like that to say, like, well, here's your low point for your characters, or maybe there's some progression and growth, mm-hmm. but then where are they going from here? Yeah. And, and that's y- the difficult part. And that's where, too, like, I think about where again you have to be careful where it's like you have to add to the story you have to build upon it mm-hmm. and not make it feel feel like a filler which yeah, is exactly how i felt about halloween kills yeah where like that it literally is just like oh we need to pump out a movie during halloween time of michael myers just killing even though it did nothing for that trilogy mm-hmm. yeah like it, it really was just kind of like okay, we're going to, like, try and kill Michael Myers now. Yeah. Only to not be able to do anything. Right. It, it, you said it best. Like, that is filler. Yes. Of, like, it's a movie, but then we're going to shoehorn it so it kind of fits into the third one. Yeah. Like, that doesn't work. No. Because you... Yeah, you got you to gotta really, like, think out the process. Like, and again, to bring it back to Star Wars is, like, I think when George Lucas, like wrote out the scripts and everything for like the original one Mm -hmm. i think he originally wanted it to be a trilogy yeah like he made it be like its own standalone thing right in a new hope because that's what like you know the um the film companies wanted at the time they were like okay let's like give you this and then we'll see how it goes so it's like he did it very well of like planning it out of like okay like I can make this a trilogy but what can I condense into a first movie right so it's like he already had that planned out of like what was going to be the next mm-hmm. yeah and I think about in a similar fashion to that too we would be amiss if we didn't talk about Lord of the Rings yeah because Two Towers I'm not a big fan of Two Towers I love that movie it's my it's, favorite one I think one. it's good I'm I'm weird I like um I like the first one the first one they're all great yeah we, they are you can't be wrong in any of these answers no I just I really enjoy like you know building the team yeah 
Well, the point, too, that I was thinking about with this topic is that the nice thing about the second point in terms of, like, a turning point is that mm. it's their first big win. Yeah. Like, the big battle at the end shows them actually standing against Sauron. And, and it's, like, to me, it's, like, leading into the third one of, like, oh, shit, mm-hmm. we can have a war now and have a chance. Yeah. And it also did a great job of building the team of, like, Gimli and Legolas and yeah. Aragorn, where it's, like, you have this camaraderie where it's like you feel like they're an actual unit at this point yeah like you feel like they're no longer just a band of like random fucking characters thrown together like they actually feel like they're a team yeah and then again too that movie also did a great job of starting to like have a split point with like frodo and sam where it's like they divvied off and then fucking tried to go off on their own yep and then was it the second one with the big spider the third one, okay, Shelob. So, yeah, so it builds to that though. We're getting we're getting ahead yeah. to like the spider scene, but like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but it's great in the idea too, where it's like it's the separation. Now it's these, you know, like we're gonna have this battle and we're gonna win, and it's like they're getting closer to Mount Doom. Yeah, and it's showing that of like both sides of that, leading into like the third one, which is mm-hmm. like fuck, like one we have a chance, but then it's like now we have to get to Mount Doom, and it's it's gonna be treacherous. And it's going to be difficult. And yeah. it's it's great in terms of like setting up what a second movie can do. Mm-hmm. Another great thing that the sequel can do to it is add a new character or add like a new flavor mm-hmm. into the mix. And like while I was going through, I kind of noticed that like a lot of mine are like more on the side of like um, like comic book and like horror. Yeah. And I guess that's just because like that's what I tend to like that's lean on. Who for. you are? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I I would like to think like since doing this, I've really expanded my horizon of films. Oh yeah, of course. Like I I never probably beforehand would have watched something like The Vast of Night or like Call Me by Your Name mm-hmm. or like Sound of Metal. Yeah. But they they have easily become like some of my favorite movies out there. Um, but I think of Friday or not Friday. Um. Yeah, Friday the 13th, part two. Okay. Specific? Specific because that's the movie that introduces Jason. Yeah. And I think that's where... That's a good point. You change the franchise completely right Mm -hmm. then and there. Yeah. Yes, you got it where it's like he's not full on hockey mask. He's got the bag over his face with the one eye showing. But you change the franchise forever. Because, like, yes, Friday the 13th, the first one. Mm Mm-hmm. Great movie. Yep. I'll give it that. It's got fucking practical effects out the wazoo, and I love that. But the fact of the mother mm-hmm. doing all the murders. Yeah. It makes sense because it's like she's trying to get revenge. Um, but it doesn't have that kind of like oomph from like slasher movies at right. the time. You don't have your iconic slasher exactly. that makes it up. And then you get Jason. Yeah. And I think part two is one of the more solid movies out of that franchise. Yeah. I like Friday the 13th. Yeah, they 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 can be good. The majority of them not super super great, especially nope. when you get to like Jason X and Jason Takes Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, but I will awful. defend both of those movies cuz I think they're fucking great. Well, they're great for how shitty they are. Correct. Um and like yes, like you know, the third movie you got like the actual Jason that we know mm-hmm. and love. He's n- it's not the best movie. No, it's really not. But I think part two really plays on this is a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And I love that. I think that was like a great idea to like introduce this new character, really bring together like the franchise. And that that in itself, bringing him in, 
is what was able to get a franchise. Yeah. I think had they not done that, it probably could have been like a one two movie and done. But it brings up an interesting point in like what we're talking about because mm-hmm. like oh how it can go though. Which is like you have like in these moments of like we're gonna make it a second one because the first one did really good and so yeah. we're gonna introduce this new character. And it's like that's a mega hit and it's like, oh great, this is awesome. Let's run it into the ground. Because I think about like one of the other points that came up for me in kind of the opposite way of how like a second movie can almost be too good mm-hmm. is Terminator. Yeah, T2 is too good. Yeah, Judgment Day is fantastic. Yeah, it is the movie of the franchise. But it sets up a lot of things that almost hinder the franchise. Because yeah. it sets up in the idea, too, of like... He's now good. Right. And also like consecutive timelines where like multiple things can happen. And it's mm-hmm. like we're sending in another... T-800 to be able to deal with this. And it's like, it kind of brings it to that point because it's amazing. Yes. But then almost too, when it comes to Terminator 3, it's it's almost to its detriment because it's like, oh, now we have a formula. We have a franchise now. So we can just keep doing this. But it's like in the weird sense of like the second one is better and it hurts the overall story. Yeah, it's it's that idea that like you've hit your peak Right. And now that you've hit your peak, all you can do is either go above it or, like, below it. Yeah. Like, you won't be able to hit that same mark. You need to either top it or, like, it's just going to plummet it. And yeah. that that's definitely what happened with that because, like, Terminator 3 did not live up to the hype of T2. And it also, too, and, like, what we're mentioning, it muddies up the story now. Yes. Because it's like, oh, now we can just keep sending them in. But here's a different one, mm-hmm. and here's the Lady Terminator, and it's like, now we're kind of building this continuous story, Yeah. but it's one of those like, oh, well, you're kind of fucking it up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like the same idea, and this was one of my picks, which I think perfectly sums that up as well, is The Dark Knight. Yeah. Christopher Nolan. Yep. Like, I don't think, besides Empire Strikes Back, I don't think there's a better second movie in the franchise that literally is the best movie yeah, in the I'd franchise. Agree with you on that. Like Dark Knight and and it's almost a shame because like had you swapped it, like Dark Knight Rises was with the Joker and then the Dark Knight was with Bane. Mm-hmm. I think that it could have had like a little bit more of a smoother transition, but like you put all of your eggs into one basket in the second movie yeah, with Joker. Yeah, that's like a super bell curve because exactly. like uh, the first movie is pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's not, not bad. anything bad. And it does a lot of the things too, like when we're mentioning what the second movie can improve upon. Because yeah. like the first one, it's like you get an introduction of Batman and mm-hmm. his origins with Ra's al Ghul and it's like he's a pretty okay character and it's like, but then the ending of the that movie is like, oh, we're setting up for the Joker. And it's like, now we get Batman, who we know and is established. Mm-hmm. But then he's dealing with his most iconic villain. Yeah. And, and also, too, you get to play out, like, what went wrong with the, the suit itself, like, in terms of, like, filming. Yeah. Because if you watch Batman Begins, the suit is, like, almost to the point of, like, Val Kilmer's Batman, where it's like he could not move his neck. Yeah. So it's like building on that that like making it more of a suit that like you can actually wear during combat. Yeah. But then like you're saying too the 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 shame in this is that like you have that and like the Dark Knight Rises fits in some parts yeah. of the Dark Knight, but not enough that it really goes to this place of like we're building a larger story. Yeah. It feels much more contained in the idea of like 
well, here's your great one that kind of fit in with like the first movie, mm-hmm. but then we're not really building off of it anymore. We're just kind of like making our own thing. Yeah, they were trying to like basically do it where it's like the Joker broke him to a sense. Right. And like he needed to like step away. But it doesn't do a really good job of like carrying that. Yeah. Like you don't feel that. that weight. Right. Like you feel the weight of it in the dark night when like they literally smash the bat signal. You're like, yeah. okay, like the Joker broke him. Right. But when it comes to the Dark Knight Rises, how it begins, it like it doesn't carry that same amount. Yeah. And and I think like Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker is gonna go down as like the best performance. No, hundred percent. Yeah. Besides I, I think, Mark Hamill as animated, yeah. Like it's Heath Ledger. Right. I, I think in this and too Nicholas, or um not Nicholas Cage, fucking Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Yeah, he's great. I, I love his Joker. Um, in kind of the other sense too, like I had another idea that kind of fits into this, like the second movie, and building off a theme and kind of the opposite of this too, where it's like they're not hundred percent connected, mm-hmm. but it can kind of build off of like a turning point in terms of like what thematically stories can become. Yeah. Um, I think about Toy Story two. Toy Story 2 is fantastic. Yeah, because you have the first one, mm-hmm. which deals with a lot of themes of, like, replacement and, like, am I still going to be loved and is this okay? Yeah. And it's, like, the second one brings up in this whole different idea, too, of, like, well, what does it mean for me to be away from Andy? Mm-hmm. Like, can I be my own toy? Am yeah. I going to be able to still be loved? Which then kind of fits into when it comes to Toy Story 3, mm-hmm. which is Plus that you got Andy's all- roundup. Yeah. It's Disney, yeah, man. That, we'll get, we're, we're dead in the water. I know. Um, but I like it, too, because the second one, I always think about the ending of Toy Story 2, because it fits into this place of, like, Woody coming in to say, like, hey, you know, like, if like if Andy grows up and he replaces me, it's like, Buzz, you're still going to be my best friend. Yeah. And I love that because it literally goes into the next one of, like, well, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. Andy grew up. He doesn't need his toys anymore, so mm-hmm. you're going to a fucking Nazi daycare. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and again, it plays off of, like, replacement and, like, yeah. being used. And, like, you look at, what was her name? Like, the, the girl? Jessie. Jessie, thank yeah. you. Like, you look at Jessie's story of, like, basically being, like, used up and, like, not wanted. Right. And that's, I like it, too, because it's it's not particularly, like, blunt and it's not this bigger overarching story where they talked about it and they're like we're gonna make three of these and they're all gonna fit together it's like it the nice thing about this too as a second movie is that it kind of fits in what the themes continuously are gonna be because that also goes into like with the fourth one of like i didn't watch the fourth one the fourth one is really good (laughs) it's really good and that fits into the idea too of like even growing apart with your friendship because the ending of that movie is like Buzz is going one way and Woody's going the other. And mm. it's like, we're still best friends, but we both live our own lives. Yeah. And that's, it f- It seems like it all kind of carried from the beginning of the second one. Mm-hmm. Of like, this is what it means now too to kind of be your own toy and what that's going to look like. So that's also what I think about in terms of a second movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to I make a point too. Like, I know earlier that I said where it's like, like Empire Strikes Back and The Dark Knight were probably like the only movies that I could think of where it's like the second movie is the best out of the franchise. Yeah. I also want to throw Road Warrior into there. Mad Max Road Warriors. Yeah. When I... what it is? Yeah. When I found out about Mad Max... The first one? No, no, no. Like just just the franchise? Just in general. When Mm -hmm. I found out about Mad Max, I literally for years thought that Road Warriors was the only movie. Nope. (laughs) Because that's that's what I watched first. Yeah. 
And that in itself is just like, it's just jam-packed. Like, that, that is when you think of, like, Mad Max, that is Mad Max. Right. And, you know, you have everything of, like, the boomerang and, like, mm-hmm. the fucking, the stronghold. is like, we come in, we fight. Yeah. Like, the guy like that. Like, uh, Lord, uh, Lord Humongous, man. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The fucking, the driving, the desert. Well, that's even, too, like, a really interesting part. Have you ever seen the first Mad Max? Yeah, it's not. Right. It's not desolate. No. It's still like it's humanity's falling apart, mm-hmm. but it's still like he goes to the store. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's not run down yet. Right. Most, like they shot it in Australia and like it's it's very much still like there's grass, there's roads, there's right. wildlife. People like, are walking around. But, but the Road Warriors, one, yeah. Road Warriors literally was like the world is dead. Right. Now we get into like what Mad Max is as everybody knows it. It's yes. the desert. It's the fucking biker gangs and it's everybody in like fucking souped up cars. And yeah, I like that too because it fits in kind of like what I just mentioned with Toy Story of mm-hmm. like it sets now the tone of like what this franchise is going to look like. It's yep. going to be an apocalypse movie. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. And that's what it became. Mm-hmm. Like you look at like Thunderdome afterwards where it's like they didn't I don't feel like they had the budget really because like most of it is contained within like the Thunderdome. Yeah, Thunderdome sucks. Yeah, <laughs> it's not horrible, but it it's not sucks. great. Um, and then you look at like Mad Max Fury Road. It's yep. like they literally took the idea of what Road Warrior was, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Let's amplify that." Well, I also like it too because it sets up as Max as this kind of like prolific figure. Mm-hmm. Like he's the drifter. Like he'll go to town to town and solve the problem yes. or fix it. And it sets then for, like, what then goes into Beyond Thunderdome and Fury Road of, like, here's this guy, very similar to, you know, like, old, you know, Clint Eastwood movies where it's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to the town and it's like, I'm a part of it, yeah. but I'm just on my journey. Yeah. And it, I like that, too, because it sets Max as, like, that character going forward. Mm-hmm. Like, the first one, yeah, his wife and kids died. We get it. Yes. And it's like, after that, it's like, he's just traveling, mm-hmm. which sets up for the rest of the franchise. So Exactly. I think that works really well. Yeah. Um... I don't know how many more you have. I have I have like a few more. Uh, the only other one, too, that I have that I find to be important to this discussion is Evil Dead 2. That was going to be my next one. Yep. I, I don't think that there is... Again, I'm going to re- <laughs> fucking <laughs> redact my statement for Again. a second time. Yeah. Evil Dead 2 is the best movie in the franchise. Well, the nice thing, too, like we were mentioning, is that how the second movie can be a turning point in the way that the rest of the franchise was presented. Because now you have comedy. Yes. Now you have, like, kind of goofy badassery with Mm -hmm. the groovy and, you know, like, the chainsaw and, like, all these different things. But it's also weird because... The blood got dialed up to 10. Yeah. Well, not even that, too, because, like, as you and I talked about, where it's, like, Evil Dead 2 is, like, sort of, like, a soft reboot Yeah, (laughs) the first one. And and it's just kind of funny because, like, you really think about, like, had... Like, if Sam Raimi had the rights to his own movie, mm-hmm. would we have gotten the Evil Dead 2 that we got? Yeah. Because that's the whole reason why, is that, like, fucking Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi shot themselves, like, a, a fucking bootleg backdoor version of Evil Dead, like, the first one. They did, like, yep. a 15-minute thing. They went door-to-door and showed people, and like, they were like, hey, will you fund us for to make this movie? Yep. Then they finally made it, 
they never got the copyrights to their own movie. <laughs> so, so stupid. So when they made Evil Dead 2, they technically couldn't use like the full phrasing or the full story, mm-hmm. which is why it's the Evil Dead, then it's Evil Dead 2, and then it's Army of Darkness. Because even in Army of Darkness, he didn't get the full fucking copyright Like, for you his think movie. after the first time this happened, it's like, just patent your movie. Yeah. It's your movie. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like... Okay, cool. So that's why, like, you get where the the beginning story with Ash is different. Like, instead of, like, him and, like, his five friends, it's just him and his girlfriend. Right. And then, yes, like, essentially, to, to an extent, it's still the same story. It's still the same main character. It's still mm-hmm. the same cabin. But everything else is different. And right. I think that's very smart in a way, too, of, like, continuing a story without it actually being a continuation. I, yeah. I don't think there's another movie really that has been able to do that. Because it, it is kind of like those pseudo moments because like the beginning of Evil Dead 2 is the ending of Evil Dead 1. Mm-hmm. And it's like the end of Evil Dead 2 is that he's in medieval times, which leads into Army Darkness, which yeah. they're all connected. Mm-hmm. However, because of screwy copyright <laughs> reasons, you had to which change it around. Which you would think, like, once you fucking make it, it's, it's yours. Yeah. But it's like, paperwork. once you put it out there, yeah. you technically own it. Like, I get it, like, the the thing of, like, oh, we once it's out for everyone, we own it as yeah. viewers. But, like, you made it, you technically own the rights to it, I would assume. Right. It's like me being, like, oh... I bought my car. I technically own my car. It's but not, anybody could drive it? Yeah, it's not <laughs> anybody can just go fucking drive it when yeah. they want. Right. So but I, I think for Evil Dead 2 being in like what we're talking about, of like the middle of a franchise, the middle of like a three-part movie, mm-hmm. it sets so much of like what I said, you know, like how then it becomes this point of like you can have humor in it. You can have weird nonsense. Yeah. You can have grotesque blood you can have ash just being fucking cool yeah you can have one of the best lines in movie history of groovy and then what does that lead into it gives you the chance then of course at the ending which is like the portal and it's like you get sucked in and Mm -hmm. it's like oh shit i'm in medieval times which Mm -hmm. then sets up for army of darkness yeah army of darkness is really good i like army of darkness i do too it's it is one of those i mean it's funny though a lot of the examples like we mentioned today are just like the second one's really good, and then it's like the third one's either better, better? or worse. Yeah, it's either like okay, mm-hmm. or it's like something like Lord of the Rings, where it's like they're all fucking great. Yeah, but then you have like Star Wars, where it's like you know, last one's okay. Yeah, it's pretty all right. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to dwell on them because we've we've talked about a lot of them. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be a shame if we didn't at least mention uh, Spider-Man 2 from Sam Raimi. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably also the best one in the franchise. It also is a very Sam Raimi movie. Yes. Like, I always think about the octopus scene where it's like, they're trying to cut the arms off and the arms come to life and it's like dragging that lady and Mm -hmm. her nails are scraping. It's like, yeah, it's, it's like they were like, all right, you made a first one. It's really great. Like, make a second one, but you have more control now. And he's like, fuck yeah, I'm yeah. going to make it weirder. Exactly. <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. I, I like Dawn of the Dead. I think the idea of, like... That's an interesting one. Yeah, being yeah. inside the mall, I think, is really cool. I I always I always really fucked with that idea. And, I'm a, and I, I can only imagine that that's also where the idea for Dead Rising, the video game, came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, of. But, um... And I, I've, I've talked about this on the podcast, but, like... 
uh, just George A. Romero using zombies as a metaphor mm-hmm. in itself. Like, I think using zombies in a metaphor for the like being stuck inside of a mall, like really capitalized on talking about like at the time, like commercialism yeah, and like consumerism. Yeah, people wanting to buy and yep. sell and everything like that. Like, I think that was like a really cool idea. Plus, two being inside a mall and having like all these different options of like where to hide and like what you can eat and Let's like build a fake wall. Yeah, like you can <laughs> last for a while inside a mall as long as nobody gets in. Mm-hmm. Thought that was a really cool idea. Um I didn't want to put them in it. I think they're more of like an honorable mention just because Yeah, it's not... a very pseudo kind of franchise. Well no, not not just that, but like um if you'd let me finish, Matt. I'm just fucking commenting, Dick. No, I, no, I know. Um, even though they're not like trilogies, I I think like Blade Runner 2049 and Doctor Sleep are also ways to like really capitalize as a sequel. Yeah. Um, and that could be a whole other discussion of like bringing back a franchise for a sequel, and then it actually turns out to be good. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that those are the only two picks. I'm sure we could talk about more. I don't think there's many. Dread? Dread is way better than the original. Yeah, but it's not a sequel. It's a reboot. Yeah. Paddington 2. Paddington 2 is a really good movie. Paddington 2 is a good movie. Yeah. They didn't make a third one, did they? I'm sure they did. Mm. Who cares? All right. But Um, yeah, definitely too. For anybody, just like we were saying, is like the importance of the second movie as the turning point, as it changes thematically, as it, it can introduce new things and how it can kind of elevate itself up too high that it crashes the rest of the franchise. Mm -hmm. So it holds a lot of weight. It's a lot of importance behind these movies. And, yeah. It can either be Icarus or the Golden Goose. Yeah. (laughs) Matt? All right, yeah. Got a recommendation? I got a recommendation. What do we got today? Going back to video games. Of course. Video <laughs> games. Hey, what else you got, man? I got. Bo- I said books and music for the last couple fucking weeks, so oh, yeah. shut up. Uh, so, little little itty-bitty indie game I've been playing as of late called Have a Nice Death. Uh, oh, I think I've heard about this. Yeah. So, it's a roguelike, and for anybody that doesn't know roguelike, it's... Roblox? You into on. Roblox now, man? I don't, inter- I don't interrupt when you're pitching bullshit. Yes, you do. <laughs> no, I don't. Um... Yeah, so what this is, too, it's roguelike, and for that, it's randomized rooms, randomized loadouts. Um, if you die, you go back to the beginning. And for this one, too, is that you play as the Grim Reaper or Death, mm. who, after a millennia of doing so much killing, he's basically like, all right, I'm going to split my soul up and have these other demons kind of do the more of the grunt work. But then he kind of grows down in size, and he becomes a cute little itty-bitty Grim Reaper. Mm. Um, and then it becomes to the point where he's like a CEO of Death Incorporated, mm-hmm. <laughs> but for him, his lackeys are not doing what they're supposed to. So now you have to travel through what is essentially hell to be able to whip them back into shape so they're doing what they're supposed to. Okay. And from that, it's, yeah, it's really interesting. It's got some really fun monsters. It's got some good bosses, some really cool kind of like skills and different like loadouts you can do i would assume that they're the bosses right yeah yeah yep like the one that the first one too is like brad who's like head of security Mm -hmm. and he's like this is this dickhead but then it's cool because like when you kill him then he like forms back up and he has like a black suit and he has like the earpiece and he's like all right i'm on the i'm on the job now Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's it's got some good humor to it it's it's tough Mm -hmm. well yeah Um, all these things are like the fucking 
the like one that you were playing. Hades? Bef- yeah, Hades. Yep. Same uh, thing. It's like they're very unforgiving but rewarding for yeah. it. Yeah. So uh, it's definitely worth a try, too, if you're into stuff like this. Uh, I've I've been playing it on my Switch. I found that it kind of like stutters here once in a while. I don't know if that's different for like other systems, but uh, yeah, probably just you. Yeah. Out of tens of thousands, of millions of yeah, people, it's in just this world, me. It's I'm just I'm the only one <laughs> yeah, that has this. It's just you. A fucking game crashed. You. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, have a nice death. Okay. Cool, Matt. I'll cry. What are we doing next? We're gonna do Chicken Little. No, we're not. Yeah, we are. No, we're not. <laughs> How do you know? Uh, because you're not serious. Am I? I I'm assuming you're not. <laughs> now, if we're doing Chicken Little, that's fine. But I'm assuming we're not. Well, now we're not. I didn't I didn't make us watch Sleepaway Camp. You didn't make us watch Yeah, Chicken that's Little. my ace in the hole. If this fucker makes me watch Sleepaway Camp, I'm going to pull out Chicken Little mm-hmm. and be like, we're watching this shit. I don't even like that movie. I just don't want you to enjoy <laughs> I don't hate it. Like an hour and 40 minutes of your life. I just don't want to watch it, but I don't <laughs> hate it. Uh, yeah, so we're going to do um, Dave Made a Maze. Yes, you showed me the trailer for that. Yep. That movie looks fun. It's got a very Swiss Army Man vibe to it, so. Yeah, and it also plays on, like, what you and I like, which is, like, impossible space mm-hmm. and, like, what the existential horror is of, like, getting lost in somewhere that has no exit. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what we're going to do next. Dave Made a Maze. Dave Made a Maze. Check that out. That comes out next Thursday. This episode comes out on Sunday. <laughs> that's all I have to and say. We're about recording on a Wednesday. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about time. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Matt, roll the credits. <laughs>